Lauren, did you know that in order to stand out from the crowd, both personally and professionally, it is essential to have a strong brand with purpose? You know, Michelle, I actually did know that. And I'm pretty sure I'm the one that, that told you how important branding is. Yeah, now that you mentioned it, I think you're right. A personal brand is what makes you unique and the reason people will remember you. It gives you that edge, but sometimes we need a little help honing that personal and professional brand. Which is why we are so excited to share the perfect guidebook to assist anyone who's looking to create a vibrant personal or professional brand with purpose. It's called Find Your Clear Vision by Lisa Gio. Lisa has taken her 20 years of brand strategy expertise and mindset coaching to help you, dear listener, Find your own clear vision so that you can share it with the world. It literally is a roadmap to help you find your clear vision, teach you how to show up as a visionary within your own personal and professional brand, and build your inner platform. If you are looking to reinvent yourself, build a business, or both, but simply don't know where to start, then start by grabbing yourself a copy of Find Your Clear Vision by Lisa Gio. And it is available on Amazon. Simply search Find Your Clear Vision, and when the bright colored beauty appears, put it in your cart and click purchase. No, Michelle, speaking of branding, I am obsessed with her book's vibe and cover. Same, Lauren. And to you, dear listener, enjoy your journey to finding your own clear vision. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Cozy Conversations with the Sister Project. I'm Lauren. And I'm Michelle. And we're so excited you stopped by for a visit. Come on in. Yeah, make yourself at home. We're two Midwestern sisters who love a good old-fashioned conversation and enjoy sharing our life experiences with one another and you. Consider this your one-stop shop for cozy, mindful well-being, along with some entertainment and lots of wheezy laughing. Oh, you bet there'll be a lot of that going around. (laughs) Our goal is to live our coziest life and inspire you to do the same because the truth is we think it's good for your mind and your body. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, let's get cozy. Well, hi there, ho there, hello there, and welcome to Cozy Conversations with the Sister Project. I'm your host, Lauren, being joined by my co-host and my sister, per usual, Michelle. Mm -hmm. And don't you ever think that you're going to get out of here without hosting with me, sweetie, okay? I'm going (laughs) to hold on to you with a dead, cold grip. <laughs> How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. I, uh, yeah, you know, I took some yoga this morning and nice. I love my teacher was always telling us throughout class, pay attention to your thoughts, you know? And so if I felt myself, you know, thinking about something that wasn't serving me or not really about being present, I'd ditch it. And you know what? I left that yeah. place sweaty, stretched and ready to rumble with you right here. I love that. I got mm. a uh, bike ride in and Ooh. a arm, like a, a yoga session and a five minute meditation. Dang. And it was, we're nailing it. Perfect. We nailed it today. We did. We've been nailing. We did. We nailed it. All right, you guys, we have a great episode lineup for you. We're getting into some heavier things. And then, you know how we do. We're like NBC today. Hoda in her opening, they say, we bring you some of the tough topics, but then we have a nice balance of some of the good things we think you should know too. And that's kind of like today's topic because we went, we went deep into AI. Don't know if anyone's watching that happen, mm-hmm. um, but I'm here to help deliver that information to you. So we're talking about that. We're talking about therapy, both for young teenagers and for adults as well. Michelle's reading like 50 books a week. So she's sharing those. Too much. I watched an amazing documentary. And of course, we're giving some love to Miss Tina Turner, the queen of rock and roll who passed away just recently. So there is that. Michelle, before we roll into this amazing episode, why don't you read our newest 
review by Cookie Mason. Cookie Mason. Yes. I don't know who Cookie is, but I like her. I hope that Cookie's first name is Cookie. I want... I know... Do you know a Cookie? I do. My friend... Okay, back in is college, it a nickname? Eric... No, I, I don't know. I don't know. Back in, in college, Eric, my... Uh, like a, a hall a hallmate, like he yeah. lived down the hallway. He His mom was Cookie, and Cookie would bring him Dr. Pepper, Bud Light, and um and 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 cereal. Well, Captain Crunch. I would say that he struck it out of the park with his mom. Cookie. Only child. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Love. Cookie was Cookie awesome. was bringing it. Well, Cookie so brought it. Cookie. cookie brought it with this most recent review, and Cookie says, "Fun listen with five stars." I mm. found this podcast because I follow the Tipsy Housewife. I it started as fun and laughs about food and life, and then it got a little more serious. This is why I love these two. They have fun, but can get into more serious subjects. It is a very comfortable listen. Listen. Not an edible eater myself, but I like how they normalize the use. Also, everyone swears. Some say they don't. And then she says, liars. But these two (laughs) will. Not just for kicks, but like most people really do. They are real people letting us into their lives and loves. I really appreciate this podcast. Cookie. Cookie. Wow, it's in the name. Cookie's a good person. Thank you, Cookie. Thank you so much. This is is a lovely review. And she's and this one is spot on because we do we talk about some heavier stuff in this episode, mm-hmm. but then we lighten it up a little bit with the good stuff. Michelle, what's your favorite kind of cookie? I think that it has to be my best friend. I'm going to give you specifics. Oh, my this is getting my specific. best friend Killeen, who our friend listeners here have met on the pod. She has an aunt who makes a chocolate chip cookie and. At any event that I get to go to as their like extended family, yep. those cookies yep. are there. And I eat not one, but two, three. It's but good so for you. Good. So what good. about you? Um, shout out to Mark King, who oh. makes a killer chocolate chip cookie. Does he um, ever? I love the thin Oreos, the mint ones. So there's a thin Oreos. Mm-hmm. So there's the Oreo thin, like thins. thins. Oreo thins. And the mint one, it has like that. It, it's almost like paying homage to the yep. Girl Scout cookies. The thin, thin mint. mint for sure. Um, I used to love Matt's cookies. Mom always brought them home. Same. And I just want everyone to know that they are not the same. They're not. It is. They've oh, changed it's like it. a disguise. It's a bunch of bullshit. Do not. I'm don't buy Matt's cookies. They're not as good. <laughs> you could check them off the possible sponsor. And the one last cookie I love is yeah, right. Yeah, they they're not clearly going to want to hook up with us. My cookies at um at the fall time, my pumpkin chocolate chip cookies are they are on point. They are on point. The kids fight the over children them. Children ask you to make them. That's what I gave them for Christmas two years ago when I was pregnant and I, and I didn't have energy for anything else. Love it. Um, okay, you guys. Thank you, Cookie, for writing in. You too, listener, can hear your name. All you have to do is go to the Apple Podcast app, drop us a review, say something nice, let us know a little bit about you and why you love us, and we will forever be grateful for your review. We thank you all for listening. We appreciate you being here. Tune in and stay cozy. There have been 29, I think, um, whale, killer whale attacks in like the killer whale mecca of the world, which is near like the kind of a lot. Spain. It's insane. But they, that they think that this, this whale is like, you know, seeking revenge on boats slash teaching other young killer whales how to, um, attack. And not only attack, they're, they're trying to like bring the boats down. They've sunk three ships. I mean, she's sunk the, three ships. Her name oh is White God. Gladys. It's like Moby Dick. White, White Gladys. Gladys. White Gladys. Different than the White Lotus. I mean, White Gladys <laughs> is fucking pissed. 
and she's taken action. They're to the so smart. So smart. Killer whales are so smart. And I feel like they have like empathy and they feel they're like elephants. I, I think they remember. Uh, do not, um, you know, underestimate the power of nature. Well, I was just flipping through my daily mail today and this one headline keeps coming Uh-oh. up. I haven't read it, but I just keep seeing it about a a spy beluga whale. It's like a Russian spy. I don't know if Is it's it like tagged. Trojan I don't horse know. of the ocean. Like, are there people kind in of? it? So it's no, there, no. It's it's not a submarine. It's, like that looks like a beluga. Okay. It is a beluga whale, and I think she has a name. And they're like, and they, I think it's in Nor- Norway. Maybe they're like, stay away from this beluga whale. It's a. I don't know the the headlines there. I need to read it, so I'm going to stop yeah, because probably. I don't want to give. Wanna... I give enough false information on here. You know, I sometimes listen. Back. I'm like, oh, damn, that was the wrong decade that I... Ooh, I know, same. Or like, tell me about it. When I'm at, at follow, like re-listen to before we send it to Daniel, I'm like, you know what? That, uh, I don't know how we're going to get that word that out. That fact so was wrong. We're just going to, we're going to just roll <laughs> with it. it. And guys, you know what? I'm going to tell you what I tell my kids. You know what? what? Fact check. You know where yeah. you get, yeah. double check. Don't take fake everything news. as Bible. <laughs> Bible, okay? Well, speaking of fake news, okay, this is going right in into something I've been following. And, you know, here, I'm going to preface it like this. In two thousand, in late 2019, October, November 2019, I was getting my, my New York Times. And every Sunday, I would open up my New York Times and I would separate the sections and I would put the top part, which is kind of the most important but boring part Agreed. of the news because it's the news, you know, it's just, it's just the news <laughs> to the side and I would get to it. I'd never read and, it. I mean, I would like flip through the important things, but I kept seeing, you know, real small, I would find little headlines about this virus coming out of China. People are getting sick. It's mutating. It's spreading fast. And then, you know, it became bigger and bigger. Then it was a headline. Then it took over the whole newspaper. Then it took over the whole Mm. world. And it was, you know, COVID. Good on you for paying um, close attention to those tiny details. Oh, you were on it. Remember when I I was like, that's fine. You're like, oh. I don't know. I feel like I remember saying to you, I'm like, there's something weird coming Mm -hmm. and I don't know how it's going to happen, but get your canned beans. Yep. (laughs) Start washing your vegetables. Go get your non perishable. Start washing your groceries outside. (laughs) So weird. Weirdest time ever. Weirdest time ever. But I saw it and I I, I remember this and now I'm seeing it again. And I saw this is it where my anxiety is going to start to. It first spike. started where I first might where where I know everyone. You're if you have anxiety, and I'm I'm sorry if I peak if I spike it, but don't worry. We'll offer started, some tools later to help with anxiety. Yeah, so it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We've got some books and some resources so, for later. So stay listening. So do you remember when about maybe three or four months ago, people started showing their AI generated photos? It's like this. It's like it would, people would post their photos. They're like, I thought this would be fun. And they would take their photos of themselves like if, as if they were a gladiator or a princess yes. back in like the Moroccan times. Yes. I don't know. And I'm thinking, I'm watching this and I'm like, that's not, I don't know if I, I like want the, anyone to Can we go back to the able, Moroccan times for a second? It Tell sounds me. like um, an ancient time where people were princesses. Awesome. <laughs> Again, you know what? I'm just going to be all you on need to know. our facts a little bit more. Okay. <laughs> the Moroccan times looked like a good time. <laughs> so... I'm seeing this. And I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm going to put my face and give my face to some sort of system and let the computer generate me into different beings because I'm then, so I saw that. And then I start seeing other little headlines, revenge porn, people putting heads on people having sex. That's like that's blackmailing them. them. That's not them. These are little headlines that people might not be seeing, but I'm seeing them and, sure. and I'm paying attention. And that's why we have listeners. Trying to be, 
because you're and I'm in not the trying to be a fear. I'm not trying to be a fear monger. I'm just saying like, be aware. Just no. Yeah. So, cause what's happening now, and I keep following this. So we're talking about artificial intelligence, AI, cause I'm into these sci-fi movies. I've always been very intrigued by like, what would happen if AI, remember that movie with Will Smith, probably the only movie of his I liked. Was it called AI? AI? <laughs> I think it was. I think it I was. Think, no, wait, that's not him. That's not the one. No, I'm you're talking, talking about, about a different one. I, the one I'm talking about the one with Jude Law and that little man from The Sixth Sense. That's AI. That's a that's a good what movie. What was the name of that movie? I know what I, you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. And I think that's the one event. called AI. The one with Will Smith is another one. Anyways, I think that one's called I Am. Okay, there you go. So, See, right? Stay with us. We're all stay with us. Gonna we, find we, our we, way. I, I, I'm going to go into my file folder and I, I will reach everything out. Now we've got people, the head of Google Tech AI, all these big big mamma jammas are coming out saying like, we want to put a pause yeah. on this AI. We don't know how fast it can generate. It's so smart. It's having conversations. And so here's the deal. Back in the day, Stephen Hawking, you know, the astrophysicist, mm. he said, what will be most likely the end of our days will be AI. Cool. That was a, that man was fucking brilliant, cool. right? So all I'm saying is that I'm terrified a little bit of AI and how out of control. And it's just kind of like, whatever happens, happens. Well, what I think is alarming is, is the people, the leaders, the heads of these tech industries, like, are coming forward and saying, yes. I quit. And can I brakes. go to the Congre Congress and push for legislation to be passed to control this? So that alarms me. It alarms, alarms me when I hear like, Steve Jobs or whoever the head of all of these computer, their well, kids, all, but their kids were not allowed to have computers, oh, yeah, social media, computers, mm -hmm. or, or computers. iPhones, iPhones, social media, um, but everybody else's. And I'm like, you know what? This is where I get a little bit concerned. Well, you bring up a good point. There was something in the National Institute of Health, the NIH, I think just released a study about how detrimental social media can be to, to kids, to children. And there's, they're, I think they're recommending for, for young ones to not have access to that um, plat those pat platforms until they're like 13 or 14 or 15 years old. And they just put and a this makes sense. Well, they just me. put a Surgeon General's warning. That's the one I was talking yeah. about. Okay, that, that's what that's the story, and it's like that scares me. I I wish it's this powerful tool. I was just talking to a dad last night about it. You know, just commiserating, talking about parenting, sharing our experiences, and the common theme. And the theme I think with everybody that I talked to, we were talking to Aaron, our pub. I was talking to Aaron, our pub publicist a couple days ago, same thing. Mm. So cell phones, social media, it is like the number one constant battle in a household. At the least kids. I, I think it's pretty across the board. I'm not going to generalize. There are parents out there that are lenient or more relaxed, not worried about it. I wish I could have an ounce of that when it comes to this, but it's just constantly an issue. It's always there. What are you watching? What are you seeing? What kind of, of false course. information what, what are you, what you kind of getting? What content are you consuming? What algorithm did you take a so, deep dive down and now you're being yes. brainwashed with right. bad, scary it's information? Bananas. It's bananas. And this is the last thing I want to say about AI. And then we won't touch this again until Yeah, because I'm like happens. sad right now. My stomach Okay, but hurts. listen, because this is what's interesting. Like, if you think about it, Anthony made a good point. He's like, it just came out of nowhere. And it did. Like, when Trump was getting indicted, he was, there were, they were um, creating AI images of him being arrested. It's like, and the other day there was a Pentagon, uh, it looked like yeah, the fire. A new, 
the fire, there was an AI um, created image that looked like the Pentagon had gotten um, attacked that was artificially created. And that's where I feel like we are getting into very murky territory yeah. because like you said, we don't know what anyone's digesting and consuming. So everybody heads up. Heads up. <laughs> Brace yourselves. Now, in other news, Michelle, we were going to talk a little bit about therapy today. I had a huge breakthrough. I want to hear with my therapy. Tell me everything. I want to hear. Therapist. I'm very anxious to hear all about this in a so good way. I, I work with a woman who specializes in generational trauma and somatic therapy. Okay. We've talked a little bit mm-hmm. about somatic. It's how it is felt on the body. Mm-hmm. And you really kind of just observe how your physical being reacts to the mental turmoil or emotional turmoil that you're going yeah. through. That's not like a... um you know, a definition I read. I just made that one up, but that's what it feels like to me. And I was talking to her about, like I had a Monday, I call Manic Mondays and it's every other month or so I have a Monday breakdown and it's hard to control. And I told her I want to have a better grasp on it of the understanding why this happens and whatnot. So we worked with some generational healings and generational trauma. And Basically, she's like, Lauren, it kind of feels like you have a suitcase that you didn't pack that you carry around with you. I'm like, wow. At least your suitcase has cubes in it, though. So tell her your stuff is organized. It's very organized and compartmentalized. So I could like take little packets out of time. And for this one, we took a little backpack out, a little cube, a packing cube. And this one was titled like... um, worry and financial distress, I would say. And it's not that I'm in financial financial distress. I worry about the future mm-hmm. of it. So that's just where my mind goes. And it gets very overwhelmed. I get overwhelmed. So we sat there and she talked me through talking and more observing an ancestor of mine. I had to imagine this person who felt my problems and who felt what I was going through. Well, who would you choose? I started to just imagine a person. It was a woman or a man. It wasn't, I didn't really put a gender on them because the next person that comes in definitely was a woman in my mind. This was a person who was struggling. And I'm thinking maybe they came over from Europe and they arrived into the States and they were really down and out and they needed support. Sort of like most every immigrant that arrived here. Yes. Okay. And I just felt like I was related. I I don't know. I'm just saying maybe it's because I'm in motherhood and I'm in new territory and I'm kind of like still trying to figure out what the fuck is going on Mm -hmm. that I felt this kind of relationship or this kind of trauma that maybe was from far away. So I I visualize this person. I'm telling her what I'm seeing. And then she's like, okay, now I want you to bring in another ancestor of yours. And I want this person to be the support that you're looking for, that this ancestor is looking for. And Michelle, in my mind's eye, I can see them sitting. I did this on the couch, see them sitting across from me. And like the clothes they were wearing, rugged. And then this other person comes in who was a female. Um, and she had like her hand, and I'm not imagining this. I kind of created this storyline in my head, if you will. Okay. This isn't like, this is not an like exercise. I, this is an exercise. It's an exercise, exactly. And so I imagine that this woman is also an ancestor, has her hands on the other person and is calming them, telling them it's going to be okay. You know, it's whatever she, this person, whatever comforting words she could offer to help. And that produce. was coming to me okay. at the time. But all I know is that after this exercise, I felt like, I had been heard in a way I've never been heard before. And she made a good point. I feel like we all walk around with so much baggage that was left over from someone else. And have you ever really, like, like let, let's think about this. 
where the fuck did we come from? Who are our people? I know. Who are our ancestors? How, How am I right here right does now? does it go back when I know? Right. I mean, and all that stuff gets carried through time. And it was just really, it was such a fascinating thing to do. And it might sound silly and it might sound really woo-woo, but I'm always here for that kind of shit. Um, I'm going to talk later in the conversation what this has led to. But she told me something interesting I can try to do in honor in, in order to like honor these ancestors who I don't know who they are, but to think of them, maybe cook foods that I imagine they may have cooked back in the day or from that lineage, um, or just acknowledge them, journal them, or maybe even make a shrine or study up on maybe where I think our people are from and get to understand a little bit more about about where I come from and what kind of journey through life they maybe had gone and, through as well. And is the idea that when you do that, it will help to the correlation will help. Will that help sort of digest it? Reduce- she, she used the word digest to digest this kind of trauma so that you and we do somatic. Where am I feeling? Like if I got emotional, we go through, okay, where are you feeling that right now? Like where are you thinking? So like in really, your throat, in your heart? It's always like- in my, I always feel it in my throat. My throat gets tight. Then my voice gets funny. Mm-hmm. And my eyes, I want to cry. Mm. Like that from the neck up is mm. collarbone up is where I feel a lot of my um, anxious sadness and therapy. That's interesting. And we work through that. And I don't know, I just left there feeling like I just did something a little bit different to understand why I am the way I am. And I felt honestly, I, I'm really into this idea of learning a little bit more about a lot more where I come from, who our people are, all that. Cool shit. Well, there's a an understanding that their trauma has carried on throughout the years to other people, mm-hmm. to myself in mm-hmm. utero, um, um, stuff that was never processed or digested. Digested, really cool. Do you feel really like? Do you cool. feel like there was there was a breakthrough moment? Yes, I feel like my week has. I am approaching my week in a calmer, more mm. mindful way. Mm. Um, and again, like I said, at the end of this um, this episode, I'm going to tell you what I'm doing on a daily basis to keep this practice and this idea, this therapy going mm. without outside of my therapies. I love that. I love that. And I have to say, <laughs> since we're talking about therapy, I feel like this would be a good time to talk about just one of the things that I have been reading um, in, um, you know, it, while working with one of my kids who's working through some pretty hefty anxiety. And yeah, what are we talking also, about? we're talking about um, this thing called exposure therapy. And I've, I've heard of it. Um, exposure therapy is a psychological treatment that was t- helped to develop people to confront their fears. So sure, let's say like expose them to exactly. it. So like, let's say the fear is um, a social fear, fear of feeling like people are judging or uh, constant worry, social anxiety. anxiety. So the idea is, is when, when exposure therapy is implemented, when a patient is avoiding certain situations um, in an effort to reduce the feelings of fear. Totally. So so you're, you're pulling back instead of confronting an Indian. And then what happens is over years, over time, you compound and you get yourself into a place where you don't have coping skills. You are avoiding so many bigger things and then you know like there's a fallout from that um so Mm -hmm. we're working right now with um this this just sort of like you like where there's an exercise involved there's homework to be done and um we are having to go and in public um our i my child has to say some give a compliment to a complete stranger Mm. on the street Okay. This is now I understand 
how heavy and, and, um, scary these fears really play out in people's minds so we did this okay we there was a successful moment um a compliment was given to a random person and afterwards i watched my kid like go oh my god like 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 just totally like, like a visceral <laughs> effect okay and yeah like physical yep. and then we just kind of like went on our day and that was the end of it and then later we had another conversation and i said can you tell me on a scale of one to 10, how did you feel in that moment? 10 being, I want to rocket launch myself out of my body. And we got a seven, okay? And so now the goal is, the goal could be worse, but the goal is daily exposure until that feeling is a two or less consistently. Got it. But it's hard. It's amazing. I'm so, it's awesome. It's hard. Proud of them. It's hard being a parent. It's so, yeah. I want to like cry. Well, because you're particularly in a place where like they're, they're they're older and they have more thoughts and can express their feelings and worries and yeah and they live in a scary stuff. fucking this place easy. you know going to school yeah. can be scary when you see that like there's a there's lot people blowing people up in the classroom so it's it's so good I'm so glad I wanted to share that with our listeners because ever there's so many kids are struggling with anxiety and this is just one totally aspect. are Michelle I think yep. I've talked about this book before I actually made myself laugh because I've read it now I'm reading it twice because I good. forgot that I read it on my Kindle and then I was like this is all sounding wildly familiar I think I have a better <laughs> grasp on oh I read it already but book recommendation for anybody whose child yeah. is suffering from anxiety um it's called Breaking Free of Child Anxiety and OCD and I just really think it gives a it's a great explainer of how Mm. your kid is actually feeling in moments and also what kind of anxiety they might be suffering from that will give you an idea of what you're dealing with and dude and there might be some listeners out there that need exposure therapy for themselves totally totally 100%. You know, I've done cognitive behavioral therapy and now I'm doing like this generational somatic therapy and I freaking I love therapy therapy same I'm a junkie. I mean, I don't, my, my therapist is pregnant and I never want to let her go. Don't. Um, you know what? I'm not. Don't. You can be the what about I don't. Bob She's so good. <laughs> and when she told me she was pregnant, I'm like, are, are you coming back? Okay, but Lauren, I want to ask you something. Because remember yeah. in the beginning, and this is, I think, is also important for listeners who maybe are new into the territories, territory space, into the therapy space. In the beginning, you were kind of, it was, you were new to her to her practice and her form of treatment. And you weren't totally sure, sure. yet, no. but you stuck. I wanted to give her, I wanted to stick with her because there were things in the early sessions that were hitting points that I knew she was getting, but I wasn't sure if I was vibing with her yep. and her techniques. And now I'm like, I I love her. And I think that that's the <laughs> message her. to the listener is, is it's like, um, you know, you're kind of, you, you have to, you have to go, f- go for a little bit three times, two times is I don't think enough time for you to I say three or four. I think you need to give it several times to kind of barf out what you're going through and then also navigate making yeah. some sort of a therapy patient connection. I will say my therapist is an, a, a very copious note taker. So she, I sometimes will be like, I don't know. And she'll go back and she'll be that's like, that's yeah, how my therapist about, is. And, and that's really helpful too, because I'm, I'm releasing a lot. There's a lot coming out. And I will tell you, if you are going to therapy or if you're looking to, I plan ahead. I always go in most of the time with topics totally. or situations yep, that I know I want to, yes. 
and it, it's working. Like that's actually a really that well, was something I, think that I there's recently some, started doing. That is something that I'd always done, especially when I was going to therapy regularly. Was come prepared with a a moment, a, a, a tester in Problems a situation. I'm having struggling a with reoccurring. If I'm having struggling with a relationship mm-hmm. somewhere, I'm like, this is what we need to talk mm-hmm. about. And now let's hear a word from our sponsor. Thank you for joining us over here at Cozy Conversations. We are honored to be part of your regular podcast lineup. And if it wasn't already evident, we really love creating cozy content for you. You guys, we are so excited to share that we are offering a monthly subscription to the sister project over at anchor.com, our super cool hosting platform. We are dazzled by their initiative to support creators and their platform. So we signed ourselves up, but here's the twist. Our content is and always will be free. And to top it off, we're crazy. So we have plans to create even more. What we're doing is hopping on the content creator bandwagon and opening up space for you to support our small business because in a way, we're like your virtual cozy cup of coffee. If you're interested in learning more, head to the anchor.com link in our show notes. And P.S. Whether you decide to subscribe or not, we are just so grateful that you're tuning in. And now back to our cozy conversation. All right, moving forward, reading, watching, and listening to. I'm going to let you take the lead here. All I can tell you is that I'm reading like one page a week of the Midnight Library before my, that's That's after TikTok and right before my eyes begin to close shop for the evening. I'm curious to hear what you think of this, that author. I'm on page four. Yeah, when you get into it, because Matt something, Matt Matt Helig, something like that. Matt Haig, but I know that people People love Midnight Library, and I'm loving how it's written from the beginning. So I'm going to stick with it, and I'll be done with it in 2024. And I hope you enjoy it. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, you're reading one page a day. I'm fucking have a you're book like bottleneck. I have like a book bottleneck right now. It's just because I'm reading such good things, and then things come in the mail, and I'm flipping out. So um, we're going to take it. We're going to go. Let's stick with the just the the helpful like mental health sure. stuff real quick. I won't take too much time on this. But it was recommended, and I think I shared this in a previous podcast, Untangled, Guiding Teenage yeah. Girls Through Seven Transitions into Adulthood. This is by Lisa Demore, PhD, okay? In a nutshell, this book explains Dude. girls changing in erratic behavior um, that or, or, and the teenage that teenage girls exhibit, and it defines what's normal and when to worry. Oh, our parents should have read uh, this like for each one of us. It's a wonderful and read. I and I've, since I've shared it, a lot of people have read this book. It must yep. be known for being super helpful, but I recommend it to anybody. It explains so much and it can totally be applied to boys too. Dude, being a teenager is really hard. That transition going from freshman, eighth grade to sophomore year was exceptionally challenging I for have, myself. I, I was in a really fucked up space. Um, things were happening quickly. I, my, my, I was, I was exposing myself to like how kids are exposed to stuff on social media. I was exposing, exposing myself to like Cosmo, the magazine, yeah. which is really a lot of, those are not topics for like a 13, 14 mm-hmm. year old. I was watching movies like Basic Instinct. I'll never oh. forget dad got so mad at me. It's porn. I mean, it's insane. Why was I watching that movie? But that got, you know, I, things were weird and um just glad I made it through it. Good luck. And I will and I will say this though, like a lot of what this book, yes, I agree. I'm like in the thick of it right now. So this yeah. book could not be read at a better time. But you know, uh-huh. what happens is is there's seven stages of um this teen girl transition. And it's I, I remember when my kids first started like 
hanging out alone and like not laying in my nest in my bed. You'll do this. I think you already are when the baby lays in between your legs while you're like laying watching a movie or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they started to like Mia and Will, like they started to kind of chill independently. Mia more than Will. And and now I know, A, it's not me. Okay. A, it's not. It's nothing personal. They're not. um, She's not, um, you know, you know, on the dark web, um, trying to figure out how she can hurt herself. These are insane thoughts. She's not an insane thought. That's actually, that's, I think that that's a good thing that, that, I mean, I know that might sound crazy that that crosses your mind because I, I had challenges with that kind of stuff in my early teenage years and and no one would have had a clue. No, no one did. Guess what? For the most part, that's all totally normal. And that's their way of starting to separate from you and and break free from their not childhood. The self-harm one. No, not the self harm. No, 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 no. That's no, what I was talking I about. It. You're talking about retreating. Yeah, just like talking yeah, less and not communicating. And yeah. so it's very helpful. I, I really recommend. Amazing. It. Okay, and I'm just so our listeners know. I'm linking all of these. I'm making a note that says link it, and they will be in yes, our show because they are great what books. Else? Well, this one, this beauty just arrived. I got it the first day. It was it's a gorgeous. It book. is a gorgeous book. It's called show with our, show our listeners. On Our Best Behavior. This is by Elise Lunin. Okay. And it says the seven deadly sins and the price women pay to be good. Now, little little Ugh. little backstory on Elise. I've been I've been following Elise um, since my addicted to the Goop podcast days. She was the co-host. She was basically Gwen Paltrow's right hand woman. She is a uh, she's written co-written twelve books. She's a she's gone now on our own. She has her own podcast called Pulling Down the Thread. I'm obsessed with her. Okay. So she, I see her on the Today Show and I'm like two days ago and I'm like, I'm ordering this book immediately. And this is what, this is, I'm going to just kind of, you like are her biggest fan. I love her so much. Elise, Elise, <laughs> will you please come on our pod? Come on our, come podcast, on our pa- Elise, pod and talk to, and us. talk to us. So oh this my book, gosh. why do women equate self-denial and being good? I could not put this in a pretty red bow to explain to our readers. So I'm going to take what I've do it. taken from yeah. the internet. Okay. We congratulate ourselves when we resist the donut in the office break room. We celebrate our restraint when we hold back from sending an email in anger. We feel virtuous when we wake up at dawn to get a jump on the day. We put others' needs ahead of our own and believe this makes us exemplary. In this book by Elise, she explains that these impulses, often lauded as unselfish, Distinctly feminine instincts are actually ingrained in us by a culture that reaps the benefits via an extraordinarily effective collection of mores known as the seven deadly Mm. sins. Wow. I am just dipping my toe in it and I have shared it with everyone I know, every woman. I'm borrowed. Can I call to borrow that when you're done? It will take me a long time, but at least let me flip through. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a little stamp from the library of, okay? And you guys are going to start checking them out. All right. This one. You should do a little fold, like the little thing that you put in and get get one of those old dated stamps where like you turn it with the date you stamp that And I'm going to do a decimal (laughs) system, my library, because I'm curating an exceptional library, and this is going to be one of the ones that's I, going the in. Cup, the, that is a beautiful looking I book. That would like make it. for a, a great gift. Yes, it would. Um, okay, it so would. in regards to watching, yeah, what do you got? Um, oh. I watched the Vanderpump Wait. Rules reunion last Lauren, night. How was it? Just bananas. I mean, it's off the hook. Bananas. 
they are like m- virtually killing Tom Sandoval. Like they're like literally like stabbing him and shanking him all through it. James is yelling. It's just very James. petty. Back. I mean, listen, the guy cheated. Ariana's going to be, she's, she's going to have a, a new show. Mark my words. It's going to be like single with Ariana looking for love. And, and she's going to wear like a little way. ribbon just covering her nipples. Her little titties. Her yep. Mm-hmm. Perfect, just her little titty little ribbon. <laughs> um, so perfect. <laughs> um, mine would be like around my belly, but like they'd be in my lower um, rib cage. <laughs> That's where the ribbon would be. <laughs> Pointing down. You wouldn't even be able to see the, rib, the no, they, ribbon. No, they still point forward. Oh, they do. So I'm, I'm okay. Both yeah, I'm good. same yeah. level? We're not doing a one even? I mean, pedidle? I don't know. Do I we have a pedidle? closer look? Okay. No, I don't know if it's a pedidle, but I do know that they are pointing forward. <laughs> And that makes me happy. Well, that if is they a were plus. pointing down, I would just be bombed. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, man. Well, you oh, still got a lot it. of life to live. <laughs> Listen, thank you. And you just shared with our audience something that it falls under the line of, you know, it's I don't fine. know that I ever would have, no, but here we are fine. doing it. It's fine. Love it's just it. nipples. Love it. Listen. Okay. But forget, I mean, it's drama. It's bullshit. It makes good for background while I'm working. I watched something last night that... Okay, I know you guys know I'm obsessed with Alive and Flight 571 that crashed in the Andes, the rugby team. But someone on the good old-fashioned internet sent this to me. 2020 put on a special. It was a documentary. It's about an hour and 20 minutes. Special. Yeah. Prisoners of the Snow. Please do yourselves a favor and please watch it. What these young men at the time went through is extraordinary. And they are there. There are about five survivors that are talking to the camera and sharing their story. And there are things that I never knew about that situation that was hard to stomach for a couple of well, reasons. Wait, yeah, what was the situation? Like, well, first of all, the, the young men, the, the, they, the two men that actually got them saved walked 39 miles across the mountain range to seek help. 39 miles wow. with no food except for human meat. No joke. And... Um, <clears throat> Did they bring along? Made a, out of, did they bring? A, they did. They brought along they brought, something. To no, they brought on. like a, a satchel of food, and this is insane. Like in the movie, alive. The trigger warning. This is gross, but just this is. I just really admire these men because they were so shamed and shunned by society afterwards, and they said they are at the point now. They're like, you would do the same thing, mm-hmm. and maybe you wouldn't. But you might if you were trying to live for your baby. Yeah, you back could at choose. Home. You could choose. Live or die. <laughs> you choose. How are you going to do yeah, it? You that's go what they did. Some people, and that's what they did. Some guys were like, "I'm not ready," and they're like, "That's okay. You do you. Mm. No one would. This is no your one's going to make you eat the back strap of the. But that's what I found out. It went beyond that. What do you mean? It went to like kidneys, livers, brains. They just started to eat everything well, because they had no choice. Okay, and I'm. I wouldn't. My first reaction to that is not like. Fuck them! They're satan. Oh, no. I'm like, if anything, if I would, I don't know if I'd be able to stomach. I, I don't know if I would but, be. You definitely wouldn't. You no, I wouldn't. Meat. Maybe the but I love pork though, so maybe the maybe sometimes or maybe, maybe an ear, you know, pork no, ear, gross, like you want it, you know, like a little but jerky. I would, but there's that, and these guys just they they went through so much, and the the the. the things that kept happening, they had an avalanche after they came up with like a system to survive. A fucking avalanche came and pummeled the fuselage that they were that was their home and their food source was destroyed but i'm telling you guys it's so worth watching these men were so brave and just what they went through just hearing them tell the story is a whole different experience it's on hulu i highly recommend it ditched hulu i did oh well went to youtube 
Well, maybe well, you can I guess find I'm just going to have to really live vicariously watching. through your viewing experience. <laughs> what are you viewing? You know what, Lauren? I'm watching a lot of baseball and a lot of soccer. Um, I'm going to have a break from the baseball this weekend. And Oh, you mean like in person? Oh, yeah. Lauren. I'm not really watching much. I'm bringing my yeah. books with me. And Beautiful. I mean, we got home last night from a baseball game at 11 p.m. That okay, will be last it. Wednesday when okay. you're listening to this, listener. Okay. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm sorry. Okay. I mean, that's silly. It's insanity. And I, you know why, what else Why 11 o'clock? How? That's not even like normal. The game started at 7.45. Oh, okay. It was well, a late, I mean, it's it, not it, like it a never-ending game. It does have a limit. And we knew we were up for a late one. But I just want to say something. You know, last night, my my son got on the um got up to the plate to... to it was his, his turn. To, he was up to bat. And his team was... um in an unusual moment, kicking the shit out of the other team. They usually get, they, they've not had a great season. They're beating <laughs> this. Sorry, I don't mean to No, laugh. no. So they're beating this team up pretty good. My kid gets up to plate and the coach from the other team tells his pitcher, easy out, okay? Easy out. Now That's I heard rude. it. It was real rude. I heard it and I just quieted. And then I later realized Ryan heard it too. And we were like, what the fuck? But that's okay because my little slugger blasted a double out there and shoved that easy out up that up like ass butthole. But like, who says that? But this is people sports now. People are very people. aggressive. Kids sports. Rude. I'm hoping that Luna like gets on the debate team, and there might be some villains over there too. Dude, but I'm, I'm willing to you. risk it. I, the sports I've heard about friends and nieces on other sides of the family having like five baseball games in a day. I can't, and I, I just Listen, I don't know. Sports I'm made just me really hoping but, she's maybe a fencer. Maybe she's in defense. Maybe she will be. I will say sports make dis, defined the person that I am today, and I would say that Ryan would probably say the same thing. I just you know I always you know <laughs> you don't know who's going to be the the teacher or the leader of your right. person or your kid or whatever. And you just hope and pray that their exposure to like really good teachers and, yes, and, coaches, and coaches and mentors is the and experience because there's a lot of crappy bad apples That's out exactly, there. And the only reason why I laugh because sports is so not the part of who I am yeah. as a human being. Yeah. So that's why I giggled. But I want to tell you, I'm bringing it back to my 2020 Prisoners of the Snow. That rugby team went on that flight as a team. They endured what they went through on that mountain as a team. And even after when society and all of the people were fucking being jerks to them because of what they had to do, they they went through that as a team mm. too. And they talk about that. They're like, we were always a team, no matter what, we stuck with one another. And that there's something, a lot there's something to be said for that. And I, I also totally. been a part of some incredible teams. And anyway. um, in regards to what we're listening to, I have been... I've been doing my, my true crime because that is something that gives me a little retreat away from things. So if I'm kind of washing dishes, I'll, I'll pop that on. But I will say in the morning, I started tuning into NPR. I used to do this and I got back into it. NPR's um, Up First. It's a 15-minute news program. And it gives you the, um, the most important topics of what's happening in the world and in the United States. Accurate news. Um, let's move on to what's going on in the world and some hot topics. And I just read, in, according to Women's Day, spending time in, in in or near water is good for your physical and mental health. Mm. They say that being near blue spaces, so water, it's funny that they say blue because I don't really think water is necessarily blue, appears to have a positive impact on stress and anxiety. 
And I'm here to say, so they say like rivers, ponds, yeah. lakes, oceans. I'm here to say that pools count. They absolutely do. Pools, it's so therapeutic to get in there and move your body and just there's a lot of joy at the pool as well. I feel like people are having fun. It's just a good vibe to be around. 100% agree. So yeah, this summer, you guys get it on your bucket list, whatever body of water you can get near to. And they they offer a suggest a suggestion to get Zen near water to pause, whether you put your feet in it or just sit at a distance wherever you feel comfortable and just breathe and notice the sounds and the feelings and the smells and maybe what if the salt water hits your skin with some wind and waves and just dive into that. No pun intended. All of that sounds so relaxing and stress reducing, but I am just being feeling compelled to share a what? quick story about <laughs> that time I was water skiing on the back of a boat on the Illinois River. And yeah, you almost died. that didn't die. Have I shared that story? I think so. Oh, then forget it. What happened? That time, first of all, the, the water was brown, okay? So that, okay, that's not the water that I don't think you're searching to get to. And there are snakes. <laughs> I think that induces stress. So does a barge <laughs> coming towards you and you thinking that you need to fall off the skis and then fall into, into the, the murky, water. murky nope. water with an open asshole, get a full-blown enema. What? Why? What? Whoa, I that's fell, intense. I fell into the water. I received a... A water raping up the anus. I think it was the open asshole hmm. that startled me. <laughs> yep, startled me too. Got pulled on the boat, told my husband, take me back to the shore immediately. I was with two other guys. It was Ryan, his brother, and his friend. Uh, and I was just holding brown water in no, my gross. colon. See, that would, yep, no. So that, I just want to say, I know we're trying to inspire here, you know, blue water. Stick. I think this is a this is a fair PSA. Rivers off the list. <clears throat> Some rivers are nice, but I agree with you. I'm not really into the whole river thing. But I think about my friend Kim who lives out in California. Like she sees the sunset and the water every day. Lucky I mean, it dish. has to play a role 100%. on your mind. And when I take Luna, in fact, Luna and I walked over towards the um, we went to Lincoln Park the other day and we did a beautiful walk around the pond that they have there. And it was, I felt the anxiety and stress. Mm leaving my body. We were watching geese with little babies oh, follow them. Wow. I mean, it was just a beautiful experience. Listen, Ryan and I are I not, love water. We're not manifesting our house on the lake just to have a house on the lake. It's all about the lake. The lake, oh, the, the lake. looking out on the lake is the feeling mm. that we aspire to have every single day for all of the reasons you just shared. I've I feel compelled to tell people if you are about the lake life to visit your local or go online or Instagram and go to Vintage Charm because they've got a lot of light lake life uh, accessories and clothing and it's so cute. And I don't have a lake house, but I want to buy a bunch of this mm, because like lake feel, lady, yeah, <laughs> a lake, I'm a lake lady. <laughs> okay, speaking of ladies, as we end this episode, we want to. Acknowledge that one of the most incredible musicians, singers, and stage women of all time, the queen of rock and mm. roll, Tina Turner, mm. has passed away at the age of 83 at her home with her loved ones in Switzerland. What a loss. I was and, surprised. Sorry? I was surprised to hear so that I, news. I, it came, you know, dinged me on my phone. I was like, God damn it. Tina Turner was and is, will always be an iconic Force, what she endured mm. during her early life, mm -hmm. and how she lived to tell that story and reinvent herself and overcome all that bullshit and domestic abuse and make a name for herself and not a man controlling her. Yep. I mean, she is remarkable. 
I would have to agree. Um, I want to share a couple things that I found about her that I thought were interesting. Did you know she was a practicing a practicing Buddhist? I maybe I don't know. She may have won an Oscar, was nominated, and I uh, Angela was saying yesterday that Tina acknowledged her playing her role and said that you didn't play Tina. You went to the depths of who you thought a Tina was, a Tina Turner, Turner, and that's who you brought out. You brought, you know, so she was she really loved what she did in her biopic. Um, a couple other things. Tina Turner's real name is Anna Mae Bullock. I have to say, I like what a great Tina. name. I don't know. I have to say, I like Tina Turner. <laughs> <laughs> Tina Turner's great. Now, following her split from Ike in the 1970s, she launched what became known as one of the greatest comebacks in music history. She sold over 100 million records, earned 12 Grammy Award nominations, three Grammy Hall of Fame awards, and Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, one, she was also the she's incredible. 100 she million records. 100 million records. Um, she was also the first black uh, artist and first female to be on the cover of fucking Badass. Rolling Stone. Yeah. Badass. Oh, God, she will be missed. My favorite song of hers, I love Proud Mary, love. but I also love that song like, I don't care who's wrong or right. I don't really want to fight no more. That was later. Was that, like in that, that was like in the 90s. And I loved her. She wore like kind of jeans, like mom jeans, high-waisted with like a white polo um, collar buttoned down. And she had her, her hair. hair. Was I was obsessed beautiful. with her like yeah. shaggy, like went. rocker. Yeah, because... Before, Talk when about. she was uh, Tina Turner and the Ikes, whatever, she had like long hair with bangs and kind of a 70s do. And then she just kind of Talk like, that was part of her charisma and style. Too. She was blessed. She will Badass. be missed. Best legs um, in town. Love her. Bet. Bad. And legs. also, let's talk about this just for one second, okay? Well, I, I'm here. I the can talk age, all day. So you're I the mean, one that makes me stop. She performed, <laughs> I mean, well into her later years. Um, and the energy that that woman put out on stage, I mean, Beyonce is pretty epic when it comes to moving and shaking her ass on stage. But, but Tina, you can see even like a parallel between the two of them. She was a big inspiration to Beyonce. But she sure was. They did the crap. Super Bowl together, I believe. You have to be, she was so fit. She just she left energy. it there. She was incredible. She was incredible. She did leave us with a PSA, and I think it's worth sharing. She said if she knew how much her blood pressure um, played a role in the health of her kidneys, she would have been more mindful of that. I didn't. So I'm just throwing that out there. She, we, that was one of, in one of her, she suffered from renal oh, something. I forget. I forget what it was, but she just got a little sickly at the end and she was with her love. She found love too. So that, do we, do lovely. we know, did she just, was she having health struggles at the end? I think she was just getting sicker. Okay. I, yeah, I'm not quite, I don't know. Because I'm going to stop. Oh, we're there not going to get false. No. We're going to not make up nope, stories I'm about try not how to do fake the news. greatest. Come to Cozy Convos for all of the fake news. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Michelle, as we wrap up, what are you doing for Cozy Mindful Wellbeing? Well, you know what? I feel like I go round and round in circles and I've got different things and we just keep recycling them. But um, I just but that's read. Okay. I read. Like, what's at the top of your list right now? I refilled my bird feeders. I was just at Horton's Home Lighting going for more seed and suet for my suet. What's suet? I I think it's a f animal fat that they mix bird seed with and they form bricks and you can put them in these little like oh, brick sure. holders. The yes. birds love them. Cool. So yesterday uh while Will was cutting the lawn, I was re I filled bird feeders, humming feeders, suet feeders, and this morning I woke up I had like four oh. finches, uh, a cardinal Woodpecker and a squirrel and eagle that I eagle that I MF'd <laughs> way too early for my neighbors to hear. 
So you got like a Cooper's hawk fighting with your yeah, squirrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? We had to take down our bird feeder because we just put sod in and the baby's like hanging out in the grass and there's like bird crap. Mm. And like that to me is a little Grody. precarious. Bird poos but I will say, do you remember when grandma would make us take pine cones and put peanut butter on the pine cones and then put seeds on them? I do. And we'd hang those out. a lovely memory. That was a really good so, memory. Such a, you need to do that I'm going to do Luna. that with Lena. With, with Lena? I don't know who Lena I don't do know that with Lena your friend is. Lena. And maybe invite Luna along. <laughs> Lena, I'll call you. Thanks for thanks for tuning in, Lena. Um, what I've been doing, oh my God, I love that. <laughs> Lena. <laughs> yes. Um, so back to our my therapy session. I have my new notebook that I showed you, and I I've been waiting to find the perfect notebook that spoke to me. And you and your notebook prepared to write. I know it's to be prepared to write in and have an intention for the notebook because I could collect notebooks all day long, but I really wanted this intentional notebook. So I got it. Composition notebooks are my jam. I know it's nothing fancy and they cost five bucks, but there are so many styles out there. You will find one that speaks to you. So that's what I did. And um, inspiration from my therapy that we've been doing, I've been journaling about that and being keeping these in like generational ancestors in mind. Also, Allie Love, who is a Peloton an instructor, she's a cyclist and she's a dancer. I believe she does um, bar and whatnot on Peloton. She is now a contributor to the Today Show. And I really a great love her addition, energy. I have to say. I love her energy. And she just brings, I'm going to say it, a lot of positivity mm-hmm. to, and that space is to me very positive, but she just, she's got a different kind of spin on her positivity very authentic and she's got a lot of tools. And so she was sharing with the audience what she does, her three-step morning. And the third one is the one I want to talk about. And she sits on her commute, whatever that looks like for her. And she says in her brain, how do I want my day to go? And what do I want my day to look like? And that's what I've been journaling. How, or I'm sorry, how do I want to feel? And what do I want to feel like it happened in my day? Mm, So I've been using those two prompts. And like yesterday I wrote, like, I want to feel all the love from my people. Like, I just want to feel it. I want to acknowledge didn't deliver it. that yesterday. That's okay. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle gave me the opposite, but we're fine. <laughs> but I, I really noticed that when I'm, uh, when I'm attuned to it, but even like, even though we had a bit of a rift yesterday, I didn't leave that space feeling the way maybe I would have felt a week ago or a day prior yeah. to. I felt that in kindness. I wasn't like with that fucking bitch. She's pissed off and letting it, whatever. I I walked away from that situation. I talked it out. I thought about it. And we'll talk even more after mm-hmm. this. Like I don't, I just felt like I opened myself up to react and respond to things a little bit better and whatnot. I think that's, so the, great that's, the, so that's a great prompt. And that's the ultimate goal, I think. How, yeah. How do you want to feel today? And what do you want to get out of the day? Love that. It's a great prompt. Love yeah. That. Wow. All right, you guys. Well, we want all of you guys to do one thing and one thing only. But before I say that, Michelle, I want to thank you for a great episode today. Oh, thank you. This was good stuff today. Thank you. You know what? I know it's going to be great when we get on there and we start talking and we haven't pressed record yet and we need to press record. (laughs) And so I want to thank you too, Lauren. And I want to wish you something, Lauren. Okay. I don't usually do this. I want to wish you a little bit of this. Stay cozy. Thank you for joining us for today's cozy conversation. For more of The Sister Project, check us out on Instagram at at the sister Proj and our website, www.thesisterprojectblog.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and maybe even drop us a review. Until next time, stay cozy. Stay cozy.